Before we get into today's episode of the pod, you guys have to subscribe because I'm looking at you and you're not subscribed to the channel yet and you have to hit the notification bell because you're not going to know when I post if you don't have notifications when I post. Make sure to like the video, you guys, so I know you guys are enjoying these episodes. Make sure to follow my social medias. I will pop them on the screen so you can stay up to date with everything to do with this podcast. And then don't forget to check out the Spotify version. The link will be in the description for that as well. Finally, I am a sports writer, so make sure to check out the take.sport.blog so you can read the best sports articles ever. You will not regret clicking that link. So make sure to click that link below. Well, let's go ahead and get into the today's pod, you guys. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of the Take Podcast. I am your host, Jackson Burleson, of course. In today's episode, I'm very proud to present my favorite NBA player of all time, Dwayne Wade is now a first ballot Hall of Famer. It is official he'll be a part of the 2023 Hall of Fame basketball class. But first of all, there's so many things you can say about D. Wade as a player and everything. But I just want to say one thing before we get into his career and everything. I watched a Make-A-Wish episode. He visited, Dwayne Wade visited some kid. Uh, who is from Hawaii. He invited him out to his house in Chicago. He flew him out, everything like that. And D-Wade just showed so much love to this fan that was dealing with cancer, who didn't know how long he had to live. And D-Wade just made this kid's day, got him autographed shoes, played him one-on-one, even when he was injured, um, took him out to eat, met his family. He hung out at his house. I mean, D-Wade showed in that episode of a Make-A-Wish that, you know, he's all for the kids outside the sport of basketball. You know, he's a great team leader. Um, you know, he'll he's willing to sacrifice things for him, his game to help the team win, which he did that all throughout his career. And I'll point out instances where he did that and everything, but Dwayne Wade just, a hardworking player that did nothing but work hard to get to the Hall of Fame. You know, one of the most talented guys we've seen, but also a guy who really struggled to get recognized. You know, coming out of high school, he wasn't really recruited that heavily. He only had one Division I offer, and that was from Marquette. And that was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to Dwayne Wade because he has a coach in Tom Crean who believes in him, And that just was everything D-Wade needed. He averaged 19 points per game in college, six rebounds, four assists, and his field goal percentage in college was 49%. Pretty dang good. His three-point percentage, 33%. That was kind of one of the question marks about his game and also his ball handling going into the draft, into the combine. When he was working out with the Heat, they were kind of listing that as weaknesses of his game. But it didn't come down to just one pick. He wasn't the best player in his draft. LeBron James was the headliner. He was the number one pick, slam dunk. And then you got D-Wade in there, 
who is being told by people he is going to land somewhere in between 5 and 20 in the draft. That's a huge range to be picked. But Tim Grover, who used to train him at Michael Jordan's camp, got D-Wade on the heat. And here's how. Pat Riley and the Miami Heat are on the clock with the fifth overall pick. Pat Riley's kind of deciding between Chris Kamen, who's out of Central Michigan, or D-Wade out of Marquette. He calls Tim Grover at Michael Jordan's camp, who has literally been working with both of these guys, Chris Kamen and D-Wade. And Pat Riley picks up the phone and goes, so which player out of these two has superstar potential? And Tim Grover responds, the guy who has superstar potential is Wade. And then Pat got back at him again. He said, we're looking for a big man. And then Tim Grover said, you asked me the question of who has a superstar potential out of the two. And then boom, history was made. Dwayne Wade was selected with the fifth overall pick in the 2003 draft. Now, Dwayne Wade's rookie year wasn't insane by all means, but wasn't a bad season. Dwayne Wade averaged 16 points per game, four rebounds, four assists per game. He shot 46% from the field and 30% from three. So about where his college stats were, a little less in the points per game department and uh, rebounds. But we saw improvement and we saw flashes of what D-Wade could do. But after his rookie year, nothing but a straight arrow for D-Wade as he took off during a seven-year span where he averaged no Less than 24 points per game. No less than 24 points per game in a seven-year span. And in one of those seasons, Wade would average 30 points per game in the 2008 and 2009 season, which was a career high for him. And also, don't forget about this. This is probably the most important thing Dwayne Wade did in his first seven years after his rookie year was win an NBA championship defeating the Dallas Mavericks in six games. D-Wade won finals MVP. He started to make his mark in the NBA as being one of the best players right now in this league. Arguably the best. Like there were times before LeBron was considered the best that D-Wade was in that conversation to be better than LeBron. Now Wade would then continue to be one of the best players in the league with his explosiveness Speed on the court. His nickname was the Flash. His clutch moments. He had so many clutch moments, so many posterizer dunks that I will show you guys later in this episode. But then 2010 came. Now, D Wade, he's already got one championship, one, one finals MVP. What else is there for this guy to do? Win more championships. D Wade took a pay cut in 2010 and also took a back seat. We'll get into that later, but first we'll start with the pay cut. D-Wade would take a pay cut. LeBron James and Chris Bosh would join the Miami Heat to create a big three that is supposed to be the best team in the league for the next four years, at least, because you know LeBron's going to be there for at least four seasons. So you've got four seasons of the big three. Now, the first season was a little rocky, the Heat started off 8-9, and nine, not really getting in sync. D-Wade and LeBron are trying to see who's the number one option. 
And that would continue through the entire season, even into the finals. D. Wade and LeBron would still try to juggle around the number one option. And we quickly realized that it's got to be either D. Wade or LeBron. So in 2012, the next season, after the Heat lost in the finals to the Mavericks, D. Wade was dealing with some injuries. So LeBron was getting more time as the number one focal point of the offense. So D. Wade, he missed a lot of games with a shoulder injury. And he comes back and he's like, you know what? I need to step back. This is LeBron's team. And I need to let LeBron be LeBron. I need to get out of his way. So the minute he does that, the Heat win an NBA championship. He sacrificed his role of the team. He sacrificed being the number one option to win two more championships. That's all that matters. Championships on your fingers. You want those rings. And D-Wade did everything and anything to get those rings. So in 2013, after they beat the Thunder, they beat the Spurs seven games going back-to-back. That's the first time D-Wade would go back-to-back. So he got back-to-back champs. Then 2014, it all comes to an end. D-Wade is just crippling his way into those finals against the Spurs in 2014. Barely able to play basketball, barely healthy for the entire year. Probably one of the most unhealthy seasons of D-Wade's entire career. But then we get into free agency. Now, LeBron decides to leave to head back to Cleveland. Now, Chris Bosh signs a contract. And then D-Wade wants money next. It was the 2015-2016 season. That would be the last year D-Wade would be in a Heat uniform. At that time. And you guys want to know why? It's because Pat Riley was not willing to give D-Wade the money. D-Wade wanted $50 million over two years. Pat Riley said, no, we're willing to do $40 million over two years. D-Wade's like, yep, that's not going to cut it. So he goes to Chicago Bulls, signs there for two years, $49.5 million, getting his money. But then he has a lot of injuries once again. Now, the Bulls still make the playoffs because they do still have a roster outside of D-Wade. They have Jimmy Butler, Rondo. They had some guys. But D-Wade was dealing with some injuries, not able to be on the court as much. He kind of had a one, he had a one-year stint in Chicago, gets traded to Cleveland next year. Now, he reunites with LeBron. Now, this is when you would think it'd be cool to see D-Wade with LeBron, you know, throwing the lobs again, showcasing that passing ability, which did happen. But... It wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same. D-Wade didn't look the same in a Cleveland uniform. Looked so strange, by the way. And then you go to the middle of the season trade deadline. The Cavs start trading everybody, including D-Wade. And they trade him back to South Beach, where he can get his farewell tour finally. He's back in Miami, where he belongs. And I remember when I went to a playoff game when... Miami, when D-Wade just came back, it was against the Sixers in the first round. It was game three. He comes off the bench. He plays rather well. And it was spectacular to see D-Wade back in a Heat jersey. Like, it didn't matter if he was his prime or not. It's D-Wade in Miami. That's It's Wade's house. It's Wade's house. He's back in Miami. And I was so glad to see him back in Miami. It was so weird not seeing him there for t- those two years. But... He got back to Miami, got his farewell tour, made it to the playoffs one more time with the Heat, 
And then his last game, Dwayne Wade in Barclays Center has a 25-point triple-double. Just an unbelievable way to cap off a Hall of Fame career. And everyone knew D-Wade was a Hall of Famer at that point. No question about it. But D-Wade ended his career on his terms. He didn't let his body prevent him from playing the game. None of that. That's what I was worried about, was all the injuries stacking up too high for D-Wade. And he couldn't play anymore. That's what I was worried about. And the fact that he got to end his career on his own terms, it's great. It's great. I love. I, I really love to see it. I really love to see it. And there will never, ever, ever be a player like Dwayne Wade. No one will ever be my favorite player besides Dwayne Wade. He is my favorite player of all time. Top three shooting guard of all time. you got to give this man the respect. The greatest Miami Heat ever. Number three will forever be up in the rafters. And now it'll say Hall of Famer. I can't wait until it says that. But I want to play you guys my favorite D-Wade clip of all time before ending this podcast. I want to see what you guys think of this. Here, Mark. Watch this around Pavlovich's back. And then he steps in front, gets the ball back, and the lob to O'Neal. And how about Shaq's reaction? Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode of the Take Podcast. I am your host, Jackson Burleson. Dwayne Wade will forever go down as one of the greatest players in NBA history. Don't forget this man. No one will ever forget him especially Heat Nation. I know Heat Nation won't forget him. But thank you guys for tuning in to today's podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes like this one. I will catch you guys in the next one. Thank you. Talk to me, baby. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me nice. I'm from another world, baby, yeah. Right away, paradise. They think I'm way too cold because I put my heart up on 